Well, good morning again, everybody. Hello, online community. I'm Jeff. I'm one of the pastors. And um, we're really excited about where we're at in this season, this service, this week of, of, uh, of prayer. Can I tell you something? Okay, thanks. Some of these are going to be rhetorical, but if you're not sure, just go ahead and jump right in. Uh, I'm terrible at prayer. I am terrible at prayer. But I'm good at talking. And I love Jesus more and more every day. And so guess what? I'm actually pretty good at prayer. And that's where we're going, is that prayer is about us engaging with God who we are more and more drawn to, who is capturing our heart more and more. You know, uh, we're going to talk today, I'm, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the, the what is prayer, why do we pray, how do we pray. We're going to have some question and answer time. So if you, if, if you like when, we're, when I'm talking, you're like, okay, that raises a question for me, jot it down so you don't forget. And then I'm going to have you raise your hand toward the end, all right? So we'll have a few minutes in question and answer. And then I'm going to give you a really risky ask, okay, at the end, Sue. So that's where we're going today. But I wanted to start by saying I'm terrible at prayer, but I must be really good at it because I love Jesus and I know how to talk. You know, Ben was talking about um, uh, last week, Ben did this incredible sermon last week as he introduced this series on moving toward a life in Christ. And um, this is, you know, it's like, so what do we do? How do we walk this journey with Jesus? And he likened it to surfing. Do you remember this illustration? Did you see it? By the way, if you've not seen that sermon, you really, you need to go online and you need to see that sermon. And by the way, I need to publicly say, I think Ben Kearns is one of the best communicators with the sweetest heart of anybody I've ever met. And I loved his sermon. And it was really, I was away, I was, I was away out of town and, and um, speaking on a retreat and I, um, and I watched it on the treadmill and I was so moved and so grateful for his gifts and the truth he shared. But he shared an illustration about surfing. He said that Jesus used the, uh, an agricultural metaphor which was being connected to the vine. But he said, I would use surfing as the metaphor if it was up to me. And this is what he said about surfing. This was his quote about, <clears throat> you know, he did all those fun analogies uh, about surfing at the beginning of his sermon. But he goes, he goes but surfing's not about the, having the right clothes or the right vibe or using the right words or having the right equipment. And then he said this, and this is a quote. You know what it's really really about? It's about saying no to a couple of stupid things you know you should say no to. It's about doing some of the disciplines that people have been doing forever and for all time. And it's about doing it with some friends and then going out and enjoying that good life. Isn't that sweet? Isn't that right on? But that's really what this journey with Jesus is about. It's about saying no to some stupid things you know you ought to say no to. It's about uh, doing some practices that people have been doing forever and all time that get us where we need to get in terms of being connected to Jesus. And it's about doing it with some friends and then enjoying the heck out of it. That's, that's the life that we have that we're moving toward Christ. And one of those practices that people have been doing forever and ever is prayer. And that's what we're going to talk about in, our, in, in the sermon today. We're going to talk about prayer. But what we have to do when I bring that up is I know there's so many walls that people bring up, people are already feeling either guilty or judgmental or lost, or there's so many weird things that happen to us around the idea of prayer because somehow we have made it into something I think that it's not. And we have got to do a pretty uh, big work of demystifying and deconstructing, dare I say, so that we can get at what we're really talking about. And so that's why I started this sermon by going, I suck at prayer. Well, I didn't say that, sorry. The, the, 
I'm not good at prayer, but I'm good at talking and I love Jesus. And so actually, I think I might be pretty good at prayer. And so let's start to deconstruct away from the magic or the, the, the rote duty or the ridiculousness of the task where we think we're talking to the ceiling. Let's deconstruct it a little bit and talk about prayer. One of the best places I saw about this was, uh, was just Jesus' te- uh, sermon, when Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, where he talked about this is how you should pray, and it's the Lord's Prayer. We do it often after the end of our worship gatherings. I looked it up in the message paraphrase. It's not a translation, but it's a paraphrase of the Bible. Look at, look at this tone. Look at these words. This is such a great quote. This is Matthew chapter uh, 6, verse 7 and 13. The world is, so, is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. Okay, leave it to Jesus. Go right to the, cut right to the chase. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall into that nonsense. Look at this sentence, church. This is your father you're dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. Go back. You got to go back. You got to go back to that sentence again. Do not miss that. This is your father you are dealing with. And he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. Like this, Jesus says, our Father in heaven, reveal who you are. Set the world right. Do what's best as above, so below. Keep us alive with three square meals. Keep us forgiven with you and forgiving others. Keep us safe from ourselves and the devil. You're in charge You can do anything you want. You're ablaze in beauty. Yes, yes, and yes. Isn't that good? Don't you love that? That is, in essence, what prayer is about as we demystify it. It is a God who loves us. This is our Father that we're talking about, a perfect Heavenly Father, and we come into His presence and be ourselves. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. So let's go into, so what is prayer? Let's start with that. What is prayer? And first of all, prayer, it's simply and foundationally just talking with God. It's just us talking with God. Can you talk? You can talk. Most of you can talk. Can you talk? It's just like, this is what begins to demystify it for so many of us. It's just us simply and foundationally just talking with God. When we get into thinking, I've heard certain people pray, or I've read certain prayers. I've been to a church that has the liturgy of certain prayers, like we get all lost in all that. Church, it's about talking with our Father foundationally. Um, C.S. Lewis has this quote. It's a great quote. He said, the prayer preceding all prayers is, may it be the real I who speaks, And may it be the real thou that I speak to. The real, like God, I just want want to show up and be me. I don't want to be somebody else. I don't want to be a religious version of me. I don't want to be the perfect version of me. I don't want to be the fakey person of me. I don't want to be the hiding person of me. I just want to be the real me. And I want it to be the real you that that I'm talking to. I want to talk to you, God, if you're real. I want to connect with you and talk with you. That quote is so part of what I'm trying to say here. What is prayer? It's simply and foundationally talking 
with God. This is us, you guys, as beloved daughters and sons with free access to a perfect father. So there's no one way to pray because it's us just going, running in and talking with our Abba, with our daddy, if you will. It's us just saying, this is who I am and this is what I'm feeling and this is what's on my heart. So that way it's never gonna be a perfect science. It's never gonna be a ritual or a, a rote thing that needs to be done perfectly or whatever. It is just us being ready to pray however it is that we need to pray. And you're gonna have to be ready to pray all kinds of ways because life brings you all kinds of stuff. And so there are days where you come to the Lord and you're just grateful for, for who he is. There's days and moments where you come to the Lord and you were like, I am desperate in this moment. There are days when you're lamenting your sin and brokenness. There's days when you're lamenting the sin and brokenness of those around you. There's days when you come to God wrestling with your anger towards somebody. There's times when you come to God and you're brokenhearted by something you saw in the news and you're like, there's an earthquake in Morocco and like 3,000 people have died and I don't even know where Morocco is on a map, but I can't shake it. And so you come to them and you pray for mercy and compassion and for Christians to go and love and care for people in that community so that Jesus is shared as, as well as, as people are helped. Like, you just, like, what am I doing praying for Morocco? Well, we're just coming with all the ways in which we, the circumstances have, have, have led us. We just come to God and we interact with him. The real us comes to the real father. And Jesus has this, I don't have it on the screen, but Jesus has this passage in Matthew 7, uh, again, in the Sermon on the Mount. But Jesus says, if which of you, you humans, he goes, which, which of you, if your son asks, or your child asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or, or, or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? And the answer, of course, is, well, none of us would do that. And he goes, well, then, Jesus said, if you then, even though you're evil, even though you're broken, messed up human beings, if you then, even though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children when they ask you, how, this is what he says, listen, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? So this is just us as our children, as children just coming in to the presence of God. Beloved children, we have to rehearse that identity, you guys. We have to remember that this is who we are, that is already free access, and we're already loved by God. And it's our Abba, it's our father, it's our dad. And if we miss that, then we're gonna have to, we're gonna put on some sort of a show or think we're doing some sort of a, of a thing that we're supposed to be doing for God. And it takes all of the life out of what's really happening. It's primarily, simply, foundationally, us talking with God. You know this if you have kids. You know the delight that you have with that. Like, we have a 22-year-old granddaughter. She was standing at our house yesterday. She walked in the house, and she looked right at my wife and said, more ice cream. <laughs> right? Those are her first words as she walked in the house. Now, I don't even think she's had ice cream at our house yet in her life, but somebody showing up visiting somebody's house gave her ice cream. She thought this is worth a try. Yo, adult, who looks at me like I'm cute? More ice cream, please. <laughs> like, that is a great picture. She didn't weigh it out to be like, is it between meals? Have I gotten ice cream here before? Do you think my mom's listening? She just like, this is a need I have. <laughs> it is simply foundationally us coming to him. And I would add this caveat to this. It's simply and foundationally talking with God, but look at this. And it is also telling him what we need. It includes asking the Father for all that we need. For what we, sorry, for what we all need, meaning for other people as well. Am I there? Am I doing that right? Including asking the Father for what we all need. Yeah. 
And this is something we know. It isn't just like, okay, hey, daddy, I love you. This is also, we're called to come to Jesus and to say, um, here's what I'm asking you to do, God, in my life, in my church, in my community, in my world. Here's what I'm asking you to do. That's clear in the scriptures. Like, we're not just hanging out with Jesus. We're actually coming and saying, would you do these things? Right? James chapter uh, 4, this, this is, uh, uh, you know, you... you you do not have because you do not ask God. John 15, 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we will have what we asked of him. I mean, these are promises in scripture that say you come to God, your Abba, Father, and you ask him what you need. And there's power in prayer. So it's not just about hanging out with God. It is a asking thing. Now I know there's an uncomfortable silence in many people's souls sitting in this room where this has been a stumbling block for us. Because we read those promises and we go, yes, this is what I want, God. And then what happens? We don't get it. And the, the brokenheartedness, the disillusionment can take people out of the whole faith journey. And that is actually a thing. But I just want you guys, I want you guys to carefully look. When you look at those words, you look at those promises, and I know you've heard this teaching before, but let me remind you. You know, when you look at those scriptures, it says that if you come and you ask in my name, remember those phrases, that phrase? You ask anything according to my will, it will be done for you. And you're like, oh, great. You're just giving God, a, you know, an out. You're, you're, you know, it's a caveat that just takes away the promise. God doesn't actually move or act because I'm never in his will. And I don't know what that means to ask in his name. You guys, that's not what that is. That is not a, so brace yourself. You're probably not going to get it teaching of scripture. It is a, so you come and walk with me. You come and know me. That's what it means in my name. Like we know him. You come and let me transform the way that you think and feel, and you will be more in line with my desires for the world. And so then when you come and pray, you're praying exactly the things that God wanted you to ask for because they're his will. And so when we're older, we don't go over to somebody's house for the very first time and go, more ice cream, please. We go to somebody's house and we're like, what? We're waiting, we're listening, we're wondering what they need. We're, we're engaging with people on an adult level. This is what happens when we grow in our relationship with God. We still come like childlike and we're like, this is worth a try. What's for dinner? Is there ice cream? Yeah, okay. But we allow God to shape us in the spiritual journey. And so what this really means is I'm asking in according to his will or if you remain in me, my words remain in you. Here's the, here's the kind of where I'm landing with this. And by the way, I'm just so, this is so hard for me to not tell you everything I want to tell you about prayer today. But I'm hoping to stir some things for you. But a couple of things I just want you to know when we look at all that, when we look at verses like this, it is a call to intimacy to be connected to the vine as Ben pray, preached about last week. Because as we're connected to the vine, we're going to be praying more and more and more as we grow in line with God's will. So it is an invitation to be connected. And then we start to see as we pray God's will, we start to see things change. And secondly, my implication of this is it can't possibly mean that you're not going to have any problems. 
That can't possibly be what it means. If ask anything you want and it will be done for you, that doesn't mean all of your, in, uh, uh, all of your um, discomfort's gonna be taken away, all of your suffering's gonna be removed, all of the things you want are gonna happen. We know that's not true because as we know, God comes and meets us in our longings and in our prayers and sometimes goes, yeah, no. And we end up like, like Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, where he said, three times I asked the Lord if he'd take this thing away from me that I was struggling with, I could barely cope with it. Three times I asked and the Lord said, it was only three times. Some of us, we've been asking for those things forever and ever. And the Lord spoke to him clearly and said, Paul said, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Now we don't love hearing that. We don't wanna hear that answer to our prayer. The Lord's like, yeah, that's a no. My grace is gonna be sufficient for you in this. And the Lord went on to say to Paul, for my power is made perfect in weakness. And so Paul said, so, all right, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna rejoice in my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me in the midst of my suffering and discomfort and struggles and undone things. So it isn't a promise that whatever we want is going to happen. It is a promise that if we draw near him, we'll pray more and more in line with his will. And yet even some Times the answer will be, yeah, that's a no. That's hard teaching. I don't know how to soften that. Except to say we have a good father who knows what's best for us. And suffering isn't always best for us, but taking that away at that moment, at that time, is not what he has for us. And we submit, we surrender to that. Okay, boy, there's so much in there. Bottom line, this is a mystery, you guys how God answers prayer, when he answers prayer, whether I'm praying in his will, what does that look like? How close do I need to draw to him? How come I have these really strong thoughts and then some of them God's like, yes, that's a good thought, let's do that. And sometimes I'm like, more ice cream. And he's like, you know, that's a no. So like, wow, this is a mystery. Working with a sovereign God, he's not a tame lion as C.S. Lewis said about Aslan. But we're called to ask. And so we do. All right. So why pray? What's prayer? It's foundationally asking, talking to God, and including asking him for what we need. And then why pray? Let's look at why pray. Why pray? Because it connects us to him. And it changes us. And apparently, it causes God to act. It moves him to act. Why pray? It connects us to him. It changes us. And apparently, it moves God to act. Let's look at all three of those. One, it connects us to him. This is that relationship thing. This is the part where we're somehow, we come to develop when we're with him and we pray and we engage with him and we process our thoughts. It connects us to the heart of God. It's not a, gosh, if I spend enough time, then finally he's going to relent and do the things I'm asking him to, but he doesn't really want to for me. No, this is just us engaging, talking. How many of you have kids who, when they sit down and, you wanna t- and they want to talk to you, you're like, nah, I'm kind of sick of hearing your voice. No, we're like, all right, let's engage. How many of you have adult kids? And then when they call, you're like, I don't care what is going on. You're like, what is up? I want to hear from you. This is God's heart for us. How many of you have adult kids who are so distracted with their lives, they don't often call you? And when they, sorry, Gigi, you don't have to raise your hand real high. Your kids maybe, <laughs> one of them sitting next to you. That's God's heart for us. It connects us to him. But it doesn't just connect us to him, you guys. That connection changes us. 
That is a spiritual reality in the spiritual room that as realm, that as we connect in our relationship with God and develop a love for him and we start to own his kingdom heart for ourselves and the world and everybody around us, it changes us. There's a conversion that happens. There is a connection and understanding and, and that understanding about who we are and who God is. Look at this quote by Henry Nouwen that talks about prayer that, uh, that uh, highlights this. This is now what he says, to pray is to walk in the full light of God and to say simply, without holding back, I am human and you are God. Isn't that a great summary of prayer? The real me and the real God. At that moment, conversion occurs. The restoration of a true relationship. In other, in other words, we understand the spiritual reality. We understand what's really going on here. And what's really going on is a human being, me, is not someone who once in a while makes a mistake and God is not someone who now and then forgives. No, actually human beings are broken sinners and God is a forgiving and loving God. So that reality, when, it, when we connect with God, when, why pray? Because it connects us in relationship and when it connects us in relationship, we know him more and when we know him more, we pray more according to his will and we pray more according to his will, things happen, but it also changes us, transforms us to pray, to be alone with him. I'm gonna tell you something. I don't know if you were here early enough to hear Kurt share on the couch. He was, he was joking about like, he goes, I got like two minutes of prayer in me, but they told me to sign up. So I'm gonna be there for an hour. I'm gonna come to the prayer room for an hour. And our joke was, man, dude, Kurt's gonna pray for two minutes with all the words that he can muster. And then God is gonna wreck him for 58 <laughs> because he's gonna be alone in quietness in the presence of Jesus. And his heart is tender toward the Lord, that guy. I know that guy. And it's, something's going to happen by just being in God's presence, even though he doesn't have a lot of words. Leadership team is in there praying right now. I snuck in there last hour when the other half of the leadership team was in there praying. That, that prayer room is already a thin place between heaven and earth, friends. That's where you get some of the emotion from some of us up front already today because we are like, God, we just love you and we need you and we want you more in our church and in our lives. That's what this week is all about. There's no crisis. There's no like, eh. like, we're just like, we just want more of you, God. And when you posture yourself, even if you only have two minutes worth of words for an hour and where your soul is saying, I want more of you, it will change you. So that's what prayer is about. And third, of course, in that definition there, uh, why pray, it, it it connects us, it changes us. It apparently moves God to act. That's back to the mystery. I don't know how that works. I don't know why God acts sometimes faster than others, sometimes not at all, sometimes how he responds to our, our requests and our longings, but somehow the scriptures, are, but the scriptures are teaching that somehow it moves God to act. To explain that to you in a neat theological package is impossible. And so here's what I want you to do. A little small homework. I want you to go to your Bible and I want you to read every single verse in the Bible about prayer. I want you to read every prayer in the Bible from start to the end. I want you to read every story in the Bible where someone was praying. I want you to read every teaching in the Old Testament and the Psalms and the Proverbs and the New Testament about prayer. Become an expert in the scriptures on the topic of prayer. And then you won't be any closer to answering this question but you will know a few basic things that God asks you to come to him and it connects you to him, it changes you, and somehow it moves God to act. And so we're praying people, right?
All right, so how do we pray? I've got to be done. Oh, I, okay, we're going to take a couple minutes in Q&A. How do we pray? Look, just put that last slide up, Alex, so you just see all of these things. How do we pray? Jesus, they said, how do we pray? Jesus goes, this is how you should pray. And these, uh, this slide, this is the, this is the, the um, go ahead to the, all the way to the, uh, the last slide with all the, the, the bullet points. Keep going, all of them. Go to the last one so we see them all. There you go. I'm out of time. That was good teaching you just missed right there. <laughs> However we're going to pray, it's about the very things that God is asking that Jesus tells us to pray in the Sermon on the Mount. I'm going to say the Sermon on the Mount. I just want you to see it. I mean, sorry, the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. We're going to pray about how awesome and beautiful he is. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We're going to pray about his rule and his reign in our lives in, in the world. Give us this day our daily bread. Do you see it? We're going to be asking God to provide for our needs. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Let us live in this grace message. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. We need your protection, God. However we pray, how to pray, there's no way to pray. That's why I'm just squashing this, all this teaching and go, I'm not going to give you a formula. <laughs> but Jesus said, this is how you should pray, and he incorporated these things. God, you are beautiful, and I want your role in my life, and I want you to provide for me, and I'm not going to forget your forgiveness, and I'm going to offer it to others, and I need your protection from the evil in this world, in my heart, out there in the world. I need you. That's how we pray. And in the end, all of it is us coming to our Father. Hey, I'm going to take a couple of minutes, just a couple, because I promised I would do this. Is there any questions that this raises for you? And then I'm going to wrap it up with one pastoral encouragement, and at the very end of our service, a, a big risky ask. Okay. Question. Yeah, Laura. It's not a question, but... Um, it's not a question? Yeah. Did you need the microphone? You want to come up and... Uh, no. and okay. Yeah, I don't like I'm teasing. Yeah, and I'll repeat it for our online community. So yeah, go ahead. Um, two thoughts I have that I was thinking about, that God uses our weaknesses to minister to others going through the same thing. God uses our weaknesses to minister to others going through the same thing, which is him not always removing our weakness from us. Right. Yeah, okay. And the other thing is it also is a witness to others how we behave still praising God even though we have whatever affliction we have. It is a witness to others how we live and even though we're going through what it is that we're going through. It's a testimony to God's goodness and sustaining power. Thanks for those observations. Where are you stuck? What questions did I say? Was something that I say that you were like, I don't know if that's true. What's, yeah. Uh, so when you say that God moves in alignment with our prayer, is it not our prayer is in alignment with his will? So you hear that? When you say God moves in alignment with our prayer, is it not that our prayer is just in alignment with his will? Philosophically, when we take the, the truths that we're putting in this, what do you call that, a postulate or a, you know, I don't know, I'm not, like, yes, we are putting ourselves in the middle of God's will because we are praying the things that God wants. However, uh, yes, and, not a but, it's not a but, Jennifer, there's some evidence in scripture that if we don't do that, it won't happen. 
Like, I don't know what to tell you about that with the perfect father image. Like, this is part of the mystery, but God's waiting. Well, no, there's plenty of parental examples where we're like, we're not just pouring out stuff to our kid. We're waiting for them to be like, um, this is important. How do I do this? And we're like, I've been waiting for you to ask. It's time in your development for this to happen. So James says, you do not have because you do not ask God. I don't know what to, that, that passage is crazy. And then it says, by the way, and when you ask, you don't get what you ask for because you want to spend what you get on your impure motives. <laughs> More ice cream, please. He's like, yeah, not today. You've had enough. Good, thank you. Other questions that come up for you in this? Yes? Is it blasphemous to say, God, if you're real, show me? Is it blasphemous to say, God, if you're real, show up or show me? Yeah. I, okay, I'm going to go really out on a limb. Ready? <laughs> if you read the Psalms, I don't know that anything that the real you coming to the real God as a child, beloved child of perfect father, I don't know that there's anything you can say in prayer that would be blasphemous. I just don't think that God will hold you to all that. I just think that we come to him and we go, this is my longing. These are my hurts. These are my feelings. And if you're fearful that it's blasphemous, say, God, it's just a feeling. It's just a feeling. I just got to tell you because it's real. That'd be my personal take. I could be wrong. Anybody need a Bible? Because you can check it out. I'm going to give one of these away if you wanted to be an expert on the Bible. Who, who needs one of these, by the way? Who, anybody needed one of these in the room that hasn't? I gave away like three. Okay, they're up here if you need it. All right, one last one. One last question, and then I'm going to wrap up. Yeah, Gigi. In that question that was asked just now, it's seeking. And it says, seek and you'll find. So if you can't feel God and you say, listen, if you're real, I need to see you. I need to feel you. I need to Good. hear you. Good. To me, that's seeking. That's just giving him permission. Thank you. I'm cutting you off because I'm trying to repeat for everybody. She said, that's seeking that question. God, is, God if you're real, will you show up for me? That, that, that's a seeking. And the scriptures promise that if we seek, that we will find. And so that is part, and that's exactly what, what our perfect father would do, right? Which is to... <laughs> which is to translate our angst and our longing and our immaturity and our disappointment and translate that into he knows our hearts. Which going back to the very beginning, and you can put this last scripture up there and band, you guys come out because we're gonna wrap up here. But that very last, that, what, the very beginning of the scripture where Jesus said this, this is your father you're talking about here. This is your father you're dealing with and he knows what you need before you ask him. Again, it's a little bit of a mystery. You're like, well, then why would I ask him? Because it connects us to him and it changes us and it does move him to ask. And so those are the things that we know, but the tone that we can't miss in all of this, you guys, is that this is our father and it is our perfect father that we are interacting with. You know, there's a final line in the Lord's Prayer when we say it traditionally. That actually isn't original to Matthew. And so when you read Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount, you don't see that last line. You know the last line I'm talking about? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. No, no, that's not the last line. What's the last line? The last line is for thine is the kingdom. <laughs> been a long morning already. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. That's not, that's not in the original. 
Like Jesus probably didn't teach that in that context, but he probably taught it elsewhere and his believers passed it along and early on they all started doing that and then they attached it to Matthew so we wouldn't lose it for posterity. But the manuscript evidence, Bible nerd, bent, that, doesn't, that was not original the thing, but we add it there. Why? Because the earliest Christians were saying, and this is the summary of all that prayer and it's the summary of our prayer life. It's, it is, for yours is the kingdom. You're the king and you're our king, and that's what we want in our lives. And so we submit ourselves to you. Now go all the way up to the top of the prayer. Our Father, our perfect Papa. And that is the tone with which we come to God. This is your Father you're dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. So with a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. Let's use these words of this worship song, these songs, and come in prayer, and then I'm going to wrap up in a little bit. Let's stand together and worship.